0: Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, if only there was one heroic plumber who worked at Nintendo who could stop all these Nintendo leaks. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including the continued uh, leaks of Nintendo game code. And then on Thursday, we are going to be coming up with paper versions of other Nintendo series. But Mark, in the meantime, how you doing? I'm doing great. Um, right before we
1: started talking, um, I put lotion on my hands. And yes. um, so, like, it feels weird, a little bit precarious to be holding the microphone. Um, mm-hmm. I guess what I'm saying is I'm a creature of habit, and, like, this is different from
0: it, how it normally is when we're recording. So it feels a little weird. Uh, I tell you what, I am bad at applying lotion to my hands because any time I do it, I'm immediately like, well, now I have to wash it off, <laughs> which defeats the purpose. I do, it,
1: I do it religiously every night before I go mm. to sleep. I uh moisturize my hands and I
0: moisturize my elbows. Mm, smart smart so smart. I just let my elbows uh just go go to crap. They they're not good elbows. <laughs> I know
1: it's uh it's like one of the reasons I could never pass as a straight person cuz somebody would take one look at my elbows and be like no. <laughs> Too moisturized.
0: <laughs> Too moisturized. Um, I, I tell you what. Getting uh, talking through the uh, introduction to this episode, I was worried that I messed up the words "weak" and "leak" because they are so similar, and I used them both a n- number of times in the opening. Uh, so if there was like a moment where I was sort of like stuttering and like stumbling on my words, that's why. It's because I I couldn't tell. <laughs> you don't have whether to I just yourself. It up. yourself. <laughs> It's fine. You did great. I loved it. Thinking of, uh, speaking of things that you don't have to explain to anyone, my copy of Sonic Forces, would you like to borrow it? You can if you so choose. All you got to do is write into us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com, gmail.com and give us a mailing address where we can send you my copy of this game for the Nintendo Switch. You play it for as long as you want. You send it back. I send return postage. So it costs you not. Anything it costs you a zero in dollars, it costs you a zero in cents, uh, and but it could cost you some of your time, so I apologize for that. I guess. <laughs> um, Mark, we got uh an email, uh, a a second email from uh listener Daniel. Daniel, of course, is calling our bluff and he is on the warpath and about uh, he. I at one point said that Octopath Traveler is a game that could never be beaten. No one has ever beaten it. Um, And Daniel has uh, asserted someone will beat it and that someone is me. And he has been sending us spoilers. Um, Mark, I will read you the content of these spoilers uh, when we are not on mic as to not uh, actually uh, spoil the game for people listening here. But uh, I would like to read this little bit of Daniel's email. He writes, "Um, As sterile as these stories are, I'm really enjoying this stretch of the game because, and and he's completed three of the stories. "Um, I'm really enjoying this stretch of the game because, A, I have enough skills to execute some very satisfying battle strategies, and B, I think that completing one ending signals the game to really cut loose with the party member interactions. All of a sudden, every inn I go to prompts me to watch uh, pretty consistently charming cutscenes. Which is uh, good to know. Uh, the, I, I kind of tapped out before getting too many of those um like character interactions, mm-hmm. um and was still like early enough where everyone kind of felt like they were on their own, uh very separate, siloed off journey. Um, so it's nice to know that at some point the game is like, nah, forget it. They're all friends. They all hang out. Yeah, absolutely. And also, Godspeed, Daniel. Yeah, Godspeed. He says, uh, up next are Ophelia. Oh, so he did uh, Therian, who's the thief, and Hanet, uh, who is the beastmaster. Um, and coming up next are Ophelia, the the priestess, and Cyrus, the professor. Um, I believe, Daniel, I thought you said uh, we were going to get the apothecary um, coming up next. Did we skip him? <laughs> I like that guy. Yeah, me
1: too. Alfin." Al- alfin maybe yes yeah that's right wait okay um man it's been a while since i've played it so i was the guy i want to say i was the apothecary i started in like the rock place like the mountainous region does that sound Uh, right is that
0: true i mean i i definitely started as Alfin, the apothecary um So, it is perhaps a a little odd that you and I started with the same character. Yeah, that Um, doesn't sound right. That
1: doesn't feel right.
0: Yeah, it doesn't feel right. Uh, I should go back and
1: listen to our episode on it and figure out what I played. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, I know that I rolled an eight sided die uh, and picked my character randomly that way. It's been two years. (laughs) <laughs> I know, I know, and Daniel is so close <laughs> to <laughs> to, uh, to to getting it. Godspeed, Daniel. Uh, we wish you nothing but the best. Keep sending us those spoilers. Um, we love to be punished by that. <laughs> uh, all right, Mark. Let's get into what we've been playing this week. Okay, so uh, I I have completed all of the regular puzzles in Picross S and I have committed myself to understanding Mega Picross. Mark, do you know what Mega Picross is? No, I've never heard of it. Mega Pick Cross is a variation on Pick Cross that uh, it, you know includes all of like the normal signifiers, where it's like you know there there are uh, two and then three and then four in this line. You have to figure out like where they all go, but then there will also be numbers that span two lines, um, and so it'll it means that there are that many uh, bricks connected to each other um, in like a continuous line between these two lines. Oh, interesting. So, like, a uh, three could mean, you know, that it's always in, like, a little L shape, uh, but you have to figure out where the um, yeah. where the unused space is. Um, and so it mixes that in with the uh, instructions for the individual uh, rows and columns, and it is brain-breaking. I remember trying them before on, um, I-, I believe it was the uh, Pokemon Picross, um, and just being totally like you know going through the tutorial and being like totally like mind stomped by him um But I've, like, gotten in the groove. I've wrapped my head around it. Um, And so I am very much enjoying Mega Picross. I have joined the league of insane individuals who understand (laughs) Mega Picross. Uh, My brain has been altered. I will never be the same. Uh, And I'm really enjoying it a lot. So, uh, you know, Picross S has now basically doubled its content for me by offering me (laughs) these Mega Picross
1: puzzles. That's awesome. You're, like, able to, like, see the code of the Matrix. That's right. Like, uh, you won't be able to go anywhere without just, like, being able to do the mega Picross that's in front of you. That's right.
0: I'm like Cypher. I don't even see the code anymore. I'm just, like, blonde, (laughs) brunette, blonde. (laughs) Uh, Well, I've still been playing Paper Mario, the Origami King,
1: and, um, like, I am liking it so much more this week than I did last week. So I have just finished the blue ribbon which is the second one
0: Oh, okay um so I, I i i do want to hear uh, more about that but we got an email about paper mario uh, the origami king from colin colin writes in and says uh dear patrick and mark i recently picked up paper mario being relatively new to nintendo and nintendo games i haven't played a paper mario game before um from this perspective i have a couple things to say for my first day of the game uh number one so far sweet sap logins is my favorite Nintendo NPC." Uh, I hope you can shed some light on that, Mark. Uh, Number two, I find the battle system is fun so far. I haven't gotten to a boss battle, so we'll have to see how that plays out. Number three, Olivia is kind of boring, but she can be funny, thanks to Paper Mario's iconic charm. Overall, I have enjoyed every second of it. Thanks for keeping me entertained, Colin.
1: Yeah, thank you, Colin. Um, If anybody else has been playing this game, I would love to hear your feelings on it as well. Um, So Sweet Sap Logins is one of like, I guess like the first kind of like quests you have to do at the beginning of the game um, in order to like get into Toad Town. And um, I guess I, I don't want to spoil too much, but it ends in a, in a, in like a, a musical number that is pretty amazing. Um, It's a lot of fun. It's definitely the highlight of that first section. Um, Cause I found like Toad Town itself fairly boring. And then um, the first like, it is remarkable how much my feelings about this game have paralleled paralleled my feelings of Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze when we played that for the first just time. Just as you predicted. The, uh, yeah, the, the first area is like, in my opinion, very like bland, very boring, very just like what you would expect. The music's not that great. Like, I was not really feeling it. The second section, just like I think Tropical Freeze is, is like autumn themed. The music is way cooler. Mm, yes. The like the the I just feel like the atmosphere gets better, and so like it starts highlighting like the better parts of the uh, writing. And then like so, I just finished this part called Shogun Studios, and it's a like a ninja themed theme park that you have to it. go visit. And it ends uh, with a visit to the theater there. Um and each like level in the theater is a different play in a different genre that you have to like take part in. Um, there's like a shy guy ballet. There's like a West Side Story type thing. Yes. Um, it's it's like that part was like so much fun, and I've gotten like a better handle on the battles, and um, so now I'm like super into it, and I'm excited to see what the next level will bring. Uh, it really upped its game for between that first section and the second section.
0: Man, it is amazing how uh, you saying you go to a, a ninja-themed amusement park and then go into a theater where I'm like, oh, that's all stuff I can't do and all stuff that I want to <laughs> do. Um, Mark, do you think I should pick this game up?
1: I, uh, I, I think you would like it. I think this is one of those times that I wish that I had bought it physically so that way I could just like... Sure. Give it to you, um. So that way you could like try it out without like any risk, really. Um, I let me get back to you. Let me get a little further into it and see if it like continues to build on those highs that I felt in like this last one. Um, but it definitely like I am enjoying it way more than I was week one. That's
0: great. Uh, do you do you have a an estimate of like how many hours you put into it at this point? Oh, um, I I don't for sure. I actually think it's probably. A
1: fair amount maybe like five or six okay um and yeah it's like at least so far it's been like you go to an area that's like a prelude and then you go to a second area that's adjacent to it where you like actually get to the um the ribbon itself and so I think I'm just entering this like I think even though I have three ribbons left I really have like at least six sections of the game to get through sure
0: uh so uh how, how to beat dot com uh, how long to beat dot com estimates about 30 hours to beat uh paper mario the origami king so that sounds like you're right in uh right right you are right where you think you are <laughs> um all right great well those are the games that we've been playing this week let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week So the big
1: release, I think, for us this week, um, happens today, July twenty-eighth, and it's the Samurai Showdown Neo Geo collection that's coming to the Switchy shop that we talked about a few weeks ago.
0: Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a cool collection of uh, like all of the original Neo Geo uh uh arcade um Samurai Showdown games, including a previously unreleased version of Samurai Showdown five, Samurai Showdown Five uh Perfect is the like subtitle there. Um and uh yeah it's it that feels like a perfect little like lump of nostalgia for me i know a lot of these games have already been um re-released through um hamster um and the uh arcade archives um but uh, to have them all kind of bundled together like this uh, i'll also be interested to see um what sort of other features are available uh if there's you know like the um, Street Fighter arcade collection that came out maybe last year, maybe even two years ago at this point, um, that had like 16 games on it. It's so many games on that collection. Um, and also just like chock full of, you know, concept art and arcade cabinet art and, and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it's, this is one that's been released on other platforms already. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm uh, interested in checking it out. So other than that, I
1: would say that as far as titles that I'm familiar with or looking forward to, we've kind we've hit a little bit of a lull this summer. And um but if you listeners are playing any of like the indie games or anything at all that we don't talk about on the show that you're really enjoying, like I would love to hear about it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and even it doesn't even necessarily have to be like an, an indie thing Just something that we uh, aren't talking about. Um, would love to have you write in to Nintendo cartridge society at gmail.com, at gmail.com. Uh, And we, there's also
1: yeah. a pretty good uh, square Enix sale on all platforms right now that ends uh, Sunday, August 2nd um and so here's some of the highlights from uh the stuff that's on switch so chocobo's mystery dungeon everybody is 19.99 versus the 39.99 it usually is yeah the collection of mana is also 20 bucks versus 40 uh the first three dragon quest games are all on sale you can get the first one that was on nes for a mere four dollars
0: yeah and but the, these are the like mobile or 16-bit remakes or, or what they, they don't look like they did on the nes
1: Oh, I can't remember what they might be the mobile
0: remakes. Yeah, I think I, I I think that's what they are. Uh the the Final Fantasy games uh that are on there too. Um 10 I- or sorry, they're ordered strangely here. 9 <laughs> 9 <laughs> is uh 10.50 it's normally like 21 bucks. Um 7 is $8 it's normally double that. Um eight remastered is 10 it's usually 20 um 10 and 10 2 is 25 it's usually 50 and final fantasy 12 the zodiac age is also 25 it's usually 50 um so you know it's uh all all those games that at some point uh popped on a nintendo direct and we were like oh cool um are available for half the price they would be otherwise Um, okay those are the new releases and that specifically was a sale that we were talking about (laughs) let's close that out Now it's time for a regular segment on the show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433 where a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, today we are going to be discussing the Xbox Series X. Uh, July presentation. I don't know exactly what this thing was called. Um, we talked about the the PlayStation um first party uh, presentation from June., uh, but now it is Xbox's turn. Uh, broadstrokes. uh Mark, what'd you think of this thing?
1: yeah, i th- I thought it was interesting. I feel like they showed off some like cool looking games. um but they all seem like so far away. Uh it yeah. F-
0: what what felt like, far
1: away f- about them to you? Well, just like like um like the Fable teaser and like Everwild, like we we saw a bunch of stuff that like looks nice and like like Everwild I think like looks like just absolutely gorgeous, but other than Halo Infinite, there it just didn't feel like there was anything else that was like wow, like that's like an immediate reason to buy um, the next generation of Xbox.
0: And, like, uh, I guess you, the reason why... you remind why, me, uh, Everwild is, is the new Rare game, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: And, you know, afterwards in interviews, they were talking about, like, that they are still... I mean, it, it seems like it is at least a couple of years away because they were talking about, like, still trying to figure out what, like, the gameplay concepts are going to be and stuff like that. Um, and I think, like not everywhere but there was a little bit of an air of disappointment uh after this presentation and for me I don't think it's because like what they showed wasn't like cool looking like the new um game from Obsidian Avowed which is kind of looks like Obsidian's take on Skyrim yeah. is like great yeah absolutely like um I l- I really enjoyed the Outer Worlds which is, was kind of Obsidian being like hey we're going to play in this Fallout space and so ab- like I would love to see them coming for like Bethesda's other series like why Dragon Age seems like that's a long ways off like let's yeah. get somebody else playing in this space.
0: Yeah, I and I mean the, and there there are a few other you you mentioned uh that like Fable obviously is a, a long way off because it was like just a cinematic uh trailer, but there uh Hellblade 2 which is a you know I I really like the first one Senua's S- saga? Wait, is that the name of the new one? In any event, uh, the uh, I think the first one I was send you was Sacrifice. Um, but uh, H- Hellblade two, um, seems like it is super far out, right? Because like they just played the same trailer that they played back when it was uh revealed at E three last year. Um, and then like some uh, footage of them like location scouting, and it seems like you guys are nowhere near ready. Like telling us what this game is actually going to be, it seems like it's going to be so far away. Well,
1: and that's why I think that the, as cool as some of the stuff they showed off was, I feel like it's a little bit disappointing because, um, you know, the last generation, a lot of the narrative for Xbox was like, they didn't have those first party exclusives. And um, I think people were expecting a little bit more of like, you know, what happened with Nintendo after the wii u where they were like the wii u was a little bit weak but that's because at the end but that's because everybody like all of nintendo was focused on coming out on the switch guns blazing and you know like and so that first year on the switch was just like incredible and so for microsoft to kind of have a soft um well
0: you get it you get the idea uh yes uh and uh but before we bounce off of that i do just want to say that the um tetris effect connected and uh Dragon Quest XI: Echoes of an Elusive Age, definitive edition, which will be available uh, on Xbox uh, Series X. Uh, make it an odd au- like that. Those are great games. If you didn't have a way to play them already, <laughs> like you can play them on the Xbox, and that'd be great. Uh, we were accompanied today by the EBU Your Radio Orchestra. All right, Mark, let's get into the news.
1: Okay, another huge round of Nintendo leaks um hit the internet last week. So apparently the origin of these is still like the same like twenty fifteen hack. And that is important to point out, these are all very ill gotten um <laughs> like revelations. Does any of this but
0: I think does any of this seem uh strange to you that the like source code for these games was like that people can't like hack the the cartridges and like get them that way if for whatever reason it seems strange to me that this isn't a more readily accessible information
1: yeah i mean i think that's definitely where we we like i don't understand either like it seems like all this information would be on the cartridge and maybe it is in some form but it's like how you are able to extract it from a cartridge is different from like at looking at the actual
0: source code Mm -hmm. Uh, but so the the only reason i guess that because yes obviously uh ill-gotten information um but i think the only reason that we want to talk about it is that uh there's some like evidence of you know unused sprites or unused characters things that are just like uh cute or fun to talk about uh if people were, uh, you know, turning up um, harmful uh, information or information that was, uh, you know, revealing something about someone's privacy or putting anyone in danger, we wouldn't want to be talking about it. But uh, if it's cute, if there's an old Yoshi in here, let's talk about it. Well, I mean, that,
1: that's kind of like, I think the most interesting thing about all of these is like, it gives us a behind the scenes into the development of these games, like Yoshi's Island, Super Mario World, Um, a bunch of Nintendo 64 games, like games that were never released, like beta versions of all this stuff that we have never seen before. And it's just such an interesting uh, glimpse into the process of like the development of these games. Like you mentioned Uh, mentioned the evolution of yoshi like um we saw all these beta yoshi sprites and they some of them are like wild looking like they look so much more like a dinosaur um some people put some gifs together online where it kind of like he morphs from the original beta look where like he looks more like a velociraptor like really kind of like spindly long snout and like it just morphs more and more into this like more like the black or white video
0: Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, um, and there I, I forget what game it was for, uh but there is one of like an old man Yoshi, of, like grandpa Yoshi with like a beard <laughs> and glasses. <laughs> um so you know, it's just it's it's a, a cool look at um, you know, a, a lot of that kind of stuff. Um what 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 are what are some of your um favorite things that that you saw from these leaks? Well, one of the things I thought was interesting was this um uh pitch
1: and it doesn't seem like it got any further than that for this pokemon online maybe like mmo type game that was pitched uh, for the pc circa 2004 by the company iq which is nintendo's like chinese subsidiary kind of so before nintendo with the switch like really got into the try to get into the chinese market with tencent they had this company called iq which was another partnership with um. Uh, Chinese company and instead of trying to like bring Nintendo into China they were like making kind of their own weird hybrid hardware and then Nintendo would allow them to port their games to it like it's uh and then it's, so it's interesting to me that the comp that that company was also preparing a pitch for this like online Pokemon potentially like MMO type game which is something that you know fans had been speculating or wishing for for probably like 20 years at this point.
0: Uh yeah, uh that that that's that's all crazy to discover. I I like seeing um you know uh, evidence of playable Luigi in uh Mario 64. Um that stuff's all cool. Uh the uh oh yeah the the extra sprites in Star Fox 2 um which kind of revealed some like other really weird looking characters there's one that looks like kind of like a goat uh, and there's one that is just clearly a human woman um <laughs> where it's like we could have had human beings in Star Fox 2 how weird is that
1: Yeah so l- like you said like it is it's really interesting to see all of these um like beta assets of course there was more like pokemon beta assets that leaked and all that kind of stuff because we just we never really get that sort of like look at the evolution of these games they always pretty much come out like fully formed like yeah there's like beta bills that show up at trade shows and stuff that like have slight changes to the ui and all that kind of stuff but rarely do we see like the radical transformation that these games like go through in the iteration process
0: yeah I mean just think of how uh, like gobsmacked you and I were to go back to the Nintendo e3 presentation where they were showing off um, Twilight princess and realize that they hadn't reversed um, the the image yet so link was still left-handed um, and so it was mm-hmm. dis- displaying like a different UI for um, you know operating the uh, the sword and shield with o- opposite um, uh, o- opposite hands Um and yeah, like that. That in and of itself, we're like, whoa! And the game came out like three months later. Um, uh, but yeah, just like huge, uh, huge swaths of you know, video game uh, production takes so long and costs so much money. Um, even back in the day, uh, that like you know, if if something wasn't gonna work, um, they didn't tell you that they w- had been working on it that you know that they sunk whatever resources into developing it um so a lot of these things uh you know we just don't know about until uh until it leaks
1: yeah and i feel like and this is not just nintendo i think this is like a lot of video game companies actually think they do themselves a disservice by being like it's just like no yoshi like sprung forth fully formed and this is what yoshi like was always imagined to be because you know like say what you will about uh like the rise of skywalker or other like um star wars movies or really like any media like that um one thing that star wars does really well is they have all these books that are like the art of right and it makes you appreciate that like these things didn't just like come they weren't just like fully formed they were iterative and there were tons of really talented people like working on it with all of these ideas um and i feel like with video games we don't really get a ton of that we don't get a lot of like the rejected concept art or all that kind of stuff and so. It te- it's kind of like a misleading story for fans, whereas just like you're, uh, in a way, it puts up this facade of like perfection, and so it, it gives people like unrealistic
0: expectations for what the creative process
1: is actually like.
0: I, I think it also sets up the idea that like. Just because uh, an idea or a concept was like sketched out that it was originally in the game or, mm, you know, mm-hmm. that we're getting a version of the game that, you know, doesn't have that area or whatever. Censored. Yeah. Well, yeah, certainly that. Um, But like. Yeah, the, the game you're getting is the, the game you're like any any work of art goes through many iterations before it ever gets to a point where uh, it is sold to you. Um, so like, you know, any, any movie, any book, any anything uh, and games are no different. There are going to be huge parts of them that get cut uh, for time, for content, for whatever reason. Um, and, you know, just because it, it was in there at one point doesn't mean that that's part of like the true identity of the thing.
1: Um, you mentioning the like old man Yoshi asset that exists in um one of the leaks actually reminded me of something that like I wanted to talk about when we talked about uh the origami king, but I forgot it was gnawing at me like when we were recording, I was like I knew there was something I needed to apologize for, and uh that actually reminded me of it so last week, we talked about um an interview with video Game with like uh can Kensuke Tanabe, the producer of the game, uh, and other um, people who worked on it. And in it, we pulled like the most like incendiary quote, the one that everybody was talking about, which basically boils down to this idea that uh, Tanabe, in, in answering a question about Mario's iconic cast of villains, he said something to the effect of, like, it's no longer possible to modify Mario characters, right? Yeah. And um, And so a lot of people seized on that and we talked about it where it's just like, oh, is that kind of like, um, you know, like the early, the first two games in the Paper Mario series have a lot of like Goombas or other characters that are like, have really specific personality. Like, um, and you know, people point to in the Origami King where it's just like, oh, like thousands of nameless toads. But playing more of the Origami, and that is true, but like playing more of the Origami, origami King, it's like... I, I still don't un- entirely understand what this Tanabe quote is actually saying because you look at it and it's like, there are Goombas, you know, there's like um, shy guys and Goombas and they're wearing like ninja costumes or, you know, like it's not like they're just plain normal Toads or Goombas. And so I don't, I, I don't know. It, it's It's, that quote just is like more and more mysterious to me because it's like, they are not featured in the same way that they were in the first two Paper Mario games, that's for sure. But, like, they're definitely in the game. Like, they definitely
0: exist. Yeah, they're definitely modified in in one way or another. I maintain that he, yeah. was, re- he was confused because he was responding to a faulty question. One that assumed that Mario is known for its <laughs> iconic villains. Outside of Bowser, I don't think they have iconic villains. Maybe that's just me.
1: Yeah, so I, I just wanted to bring that up yeah, because, good. like, as I'm getting further into it, I'm like, this doesn't make any like the disconnect is there because that that is clearly in my experience like w- w- how people are interpreting that is not what it what my experience with the game is. I
0: think people are interpreting it because that's what they want. That, that's the controversy that they've already built. Like that is the uh, popular narrative about the paper Mario games is that they have lost a step uh, since the thousand year door um, because th- they've stopped um, having unique Goombas, unique Koopas, whatever. Um, and that has been like the cause of the games becoming less good. Uh, when in reality, we've, all just aged right like <laughs> well you know we're, we're no longer 14 as we're playing the original uh paper mario um and that's fine uh games are going to hit differently and you know series develop at uh, different paces and the rest of the industry develops at a, a different pace um and so yeah i i, I think there's probably um but the the question was asked in a way that was leading towards a narrative, and then he gave an answer that fed into the same narrative, uh, and I think that's why a lot of people seized on it. Uh, it's probably why we talked about it. Um, but it's it's uh, comforting to hear that you're, you know, still finding uh, the uniqueness of uh, modified Goombas and shy guys and whatever to be fun and compelling and present in the new Paper Mario game. Yeah, for sure.
1: Um. Okay. So, some of the developers behind the legendary Suikoden RPG series have formed a new team called Rabbit and Bear Studios, and they just uh kickstarted their first project, a spiritual successor to the Suikoden series, called Oh man. The first word is one of those um like fantasy made up words that I don't know how you're supposed to say this. Uh, my guess is Iuden. Iuden. Okay, we, yeah, we, we went different I'm,
0: directions. <laughs> one Iuden, sure, one sure, no,
1: whatever. I'm totally on board. Uh, Iuden Chronicle, hundred heroes. Um, so the first thing you'll notice is the art style is very cool. Does like look a little
0: bit like Octopath Traveler, but Octopath Traveler looks awesome, so like that's not a bad thing. Yeah, I mean one one of the things that instead of like the sort of like chunky, sixteen um, bit looking sprites. Um, that are running around like a a 3D polygon environment. If they're more like hand drawn sprites, and um, they look a lot mm-hmm. more. Uh, you know, like my my first reference point was gonna be the uh, 32x, but that's an insane thing to make people try to remember. <laughs> uh, but like you know, it, it looks like a like a Neo Geo cabinet. Uh, you know, like really really detailed um, and drawn uh, like that.
1: Yeah, it looks really good. Um, and they're they're touting it as like a high quality JRPG. From industry veterans. Um, Suikoden is a Konami series, I think, so they're obviously not going to be making another one of these. Um, the story is supposed to be, quote, a
0: deep and engrossing tale of war and betrayal with 100 characters, which uh, makes me think that this game is, in fact, uh, trying to uh, not just one up Square Enix's Octopath Traveler, but 92 up it. Uh, so <laughs> this is Sentipath Traveler. I'm calling it now. <laughs>
1: Um, Sweeten is not a series I'm familiar with, but it has like so much love from its fans. Yeah, I just know that, it by reputation. Um. Yeah, totally. Uh the Kickstarter like absolutely annihilated its initial $500,000 goal in just a couple hours and it's already blasted through the 1 million uh dollar stretch goal as well. Yeah, at the and at the time of this 1 million dollars
0: is at the time of this recording it is at uh 1.27 uh million dollars. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and
1: we're recording on Monday night, so it's been live for like twelve hours (laughs) or something like that. (laughs) Um, the uh uh so at one million, this is where they get to the console stretch goals. Um so the consoles that they're promising right now to ship it on are the Xbox One, the Xbox Series X, the PlayStation Four, the PlayStation Five, and they say whatever Nintendo's successor to the Wii or sorry, to the Switch will be. Um because they're, they're presuming that the game is two or three years out. And so they, in the Kickstarter, they have like a whole list of things where it's like, here's mistakes that we've seen other Kickstarters make, and we don't want to make those same mistakes. And one of them is promising to ship it on consoles that, you know, by the time the game comes out, it's not like technologically viable to do that. Like total flashbacks to Mighty Number no. 9, right? Yeah. That game was in development for so long it was promised on so many different consoles and you know like the Vita versions and the 3ds versions like were just never released and like that's on the one hand is totally fair because like how can you expect to port this game to so many systems but on the other hand you promised you would and so they're saying hey we think this game is three years out we think Nintendo's new system might be out by then and we hope that it'll like be powerful enough to support a kind of easy port for this game but if it doesn't we're promising it'll be on some sort of nintendo hardware so we would try to figure out a way to get it on switch
0: yeah and i mean that that is interesting to think that there are that there is at least one you know moderate profile uh, game developer that is thinking about nintendo's next thing um you know, we uh, have heard only that uh, the switch is in like the middle of its. We are in like the middle stage of of its life cycle, um, but you know, at least these guys are saying like uh, we might be you know nearing the the sort of end. And I think you know, uh, we we talked about this when we watched the uh, the Wii U um, E three presentation um, that like you know we're seeing support from um, EA. Um, with, like, sports games and stuff, and being, like, Nintendo's, you know, finally able to deliver on the same level as everybody else, Um, and that feels like the same narrative happening again uh, with the Switch, Um, but we are on the precipice of Nintendo not being at the same level as everyone else as far as, uh, like, processing power is concerned, Um, and, you know, there will be a while where the PlayStation uh, 5 and the Xbox Series X, where their power is novel, but it won't be long, right? It'll be like like a, a a year from now um some of those things will start to feel uh standard and normal and accepted and the fact that the switch won't be able to do the things that those machines can do uh will uh, like we're going to we're going to start to feel it we're going to start to see uh more games uh sitting out of of Nintendo and we see that a lot now anyway um but I think we'll see it even more so there uh we've
1: been kind of like back and forth on whether Persona 5 Scramble the Phantom Strikers would be coming um would be released outside of Japan. Uh this is the kind of like um, uh oh man, why am I blinking on what this genre is called? Something with an M. Musou. Yes, yeah, yes, exactly. The, a Dynasty um,
0: Warriors esque.
1: Mhm. Uh type spin-off for uh Persona 5 was released in Japan earlier this year, I think, and we haven't really heard that much about from it since. But maybe there's some more hints that it is actually planned for a release in uh, the the U.S. at least soon, or I guess maybe not soon. Who knows? Um, <laughs> so in koi yeah, in tecmo's recent financial report, one of the slides from their presentation lists Persona Five Scramble among their physical retail products, and the region listed for it as quote the West. Um, Of course, there's been, like, no confirmation outside of that, and there's, like, absolutely no date associated with it, but it does seem like
0: it is a possibility. It certainly seems like it's a possibility. It's also a possibility that, like, whoever prepared that slide, um, you know, that could be a copy-paste error. That could be anything. (laughs) Um, This would be a a game that would be cool to see it uh, come to the West, especially to see uh, a Persona 5 product on Switch. Because um, that's obviously something that people are are, are very much into. Uh, but, you know, well, I don't know if this is actually evidence that we, we'll ever see it. Um, but it's a suggestion of it, at least.
1: <laughs> uh, Nintendo Switch Online subscribers will be able to play Pokin Tournament DX in its entirety for free from uh, this Wednesday, July 29th to Tuesday, August 4th. And then save data that from the free version will carry over to the full version if you end up buying that. For the Japanese promotion, there's a 30% price drop for the full version of the game. It's not clear yet if we'll see the same thing in North America and Europe.
0: Um, I'm excited about this because uh, Pokemon Tournament is always one of those games that, like... um you know, whenever I'm like, I should I should get a new game, like, I should get into, uh, you know, one of these, like, back catalog Switch games, Pokken Tournament is always, like, right up there as, like, one that I, I know I'll probably like. Um, and, you know, I had played the demo uh, when it was available uh you know right around um release time and kind of got like my fill of the the demo but the demo was pretty restrictive there were like three characters you could play as um and like three different support pokemon but the the full game has so much content in it um and uh like i i'm i'm saying i'm 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 going to take advantage of this i'm going to spend this weekend playing pokemon tournament dx um for free because i can um and yeah, I'm just, I, I think this is such a cool thing that uh, Nintendo's done it now with um, ARMS and Splatoon too, right? Like both of them? One of them for sure. Yeah, one of those guess, two for sure.
1: Yeah, uh, I guess you're right. I mean, we had uh, talked about in the past, like when Nintendo of Japan was doing these like free games for uh, Nintendo Switch Online subscribers to commenting on how like they hadn't done that in the US yet. But I think you're right. I think they did do this with Arms and now we're seeing it with the uh, Poken tournament and um and yeah, maybe they did do it with Splatoon too. Oh no, but, it was Tennis Aces. Uh, it was Mario Tennis Aces. Oh, you're right. You're right. And we kind of let that go by without any fanfare like I didn't think about it maybe because I was wrapped in my own head and being like, "Oh, like those are games that I've like owned or whatever." Um but yeah, this is like enormously cool that we're seeing that here as well where it's just like, yeah, like you paid 20 bucks for this service like Yeah. For like a week, basically just go nuts. You can play this for as long, as much as you want.
0: Yeah. And it's the, it is the full version of it. All characters, all stages, you know, it's, it's all there. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. And uh, honestly, if this is a game that I bought, I would probably put a weekend into it and then call it a day. Um, so if anyone wants to hop on and play a Pokken tournament this weekend, um, I will be, out there. You can find our friend codes in the description of every episode. Um, so you can download it too. You can play with us this weekend. It'll be fun. I said us, how but I'm not, I'm not guaranteed <laughs> that Mark is going to do it too. I'm going to play for sure. <laughs> yeah. The Royal us.
1: Um, how do, how does this work? Do you know, like, are you what version of the game are you downloading like what do you download you
0: download the game um i, I mean it, it's oh, uh, you, you go to the the page and there is like a uh you know it right by like download demo there's like download free version for, oh, for okay. this weekend yeah and you can do that now you can uh download it ahead of time and it will unlock on the 29th which is Wednesday um and it's available through uh the 4th which is Tuesday um so you know it, it's the whole weekend and then like a little bit more on either side
1: uh, speaking of games that you don't have to pay for, so Rocket League announced that they're going free to play by the end of the summer, and on PC it's becoming a Epic Game Store exclusive, which makes sense because the developers of Rocket League were purchased by Epic right um, not that long ago. But uh, so, every, so in order because the game is going free and people had already paid for it, uh, everybody who did pay for the full game uh, at some point is getting um all rocket league branded dlc released before it went free to the game went free to play um estimated is what is that estimated 20 xx title that displays the first year you played rocket League? so i
0: I it's est oh established established. yeah (laughs) so it makes (laughs) so much more sense um but i mean that, that it's kind of a cool little thing that like every everyone that has been playing the game will get like a little title that says how long basically they've been playing it or when they first accessed it um as to separate the uh, the the plebeian noobs who would be <laughs> <laughs> uh, playing it for the first time while it's free.
1: Uh two hundred plus common items upgraded to legacy quality. You get a golden cosmos boost. Um. I have no idea what this is. I mean, the
0: rest of it is all very specific stuff. If you're interested in it, you can go (laughs) check it out. Um, But it's uh, basically just, it it sounds like um, they are making good by their original fan base uh, and really offering them a lot of uh, extra content um, for free and unique content and really valuable stuff um, or valuable in-game stuff uh, if you had uh, purchased it previously. So it it seems it seems like the only way possible to do uh, to go from a paid game to a totally uh, to a free to play game is to really offer a lot to the people who've been with you since the beginning. Uh, and I mean, Rocket League has been good at uh, offering new content continuously forever. Um, so it, it's cool to see them uh, just sort of offering that up now. They've also said that they're working on
1: cross-platform progression, which the game uh last year i think got cross-platform play with some platforms um and this just like continues to build on that and continues to give us hope that this is the way forward for like a most big p- cross-platform games are going to have cross-platform progression and cross-platform play so no matter where you're playing it you like have the same experience yeah Ho- hopefully hopefully we get there someday Uh, Remember a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about Disney Epic Mickey, um, the series of games that first came out for the Wii, and later the sequel on other platforms, including the Wii U. Um, Well, Jim Dooley, the composer of the music in both Epic Mickey games, released an unused track on YouTube called Outro Black Pete, and it's a cute, fun little listen.
0: Yeah, um, so go look that up, uh, Jim Dooley, Outro Black Pete um disney epic mickey that should do it you enter all of that into youtube <laughs> um and you know it's uh uh so you and i talked about uh epic mickey when we were talking about um the 2010 nintendo e3 showcase uh and uh it was a series that i i never really got into um even though it seems like it should be my jam uh it's celebrating disney it's celebrating animation um but, like, you know, one of the things that I didn't really know to look into was the uh, like musical offerings from it. Um, but this one is pretty cool, pretty compelling, like cute and fun. Um, and so it made me listen to a fair amount of epic Mickey music uh, this afternoon. And that game's got a good soundtrack. yeah, that i I you know, played the first
1: game when it came out, but haven't really thought about it in years. Uh, but yeah, when I was listening to this and it kind of like rolled into more epic music epic Mickey music on youtube, um I was I was like uh, it it is really good music um
0: Mark, are we gonna have to figure out a way to do a retro episode for Disney Epic Mickey ooh that could be that could be fun. It could
1: be interesting to see that game like removed but from like fifteen years, yeah,
0: yeah. Do you have a week? Release from the weight <laughs> of expectations. No, I don't. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, at some point, we'll be able to see each other in real life. So I don't know if that's true. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, another thing that may not be true. Splatfest were supposed to be over, but can they? Can Splatfest really ever die? Um, not if we keep them alive in our hearts, and if Nintendo keeps recycling. Um the ones that we did
0: in the past. This is, so, this is brilliant. I, I don't know why they didn't just run them all again from the top at the same cage.
1: I don't understand why they didn't either and why, like, uh this was not the plan from the get-go. Because I am confused a little bit as why these zombie splatfests keep happening.
0: Y- yeah, yeah. I mean I, I wonder if they're seeing like an uptick in um people playing Splatoon 2. Like I I wonder if we are in that cycle now, where um the you know millions of people that bought the Switch for Animal Crossing are like, okay, what else does this thing do? And some of those people are turning to Splatoon.
1: Yeah, I guess I just would ex- or if it was going to be a thing, why not make like a to do about it and just say like, hey, yeah, we're gonna like relitigate all of the Splat Fest. You know, like if you lost last time, now's your time to like recruit more people. Like I don't know, it's it just seems weird that they just keep being like. Splatfests are over but also here's like this one that we're going to do again. Yeah. Um and the one this time is uh chicken versus egg which is going to run which ran originally in March 2018. Amazing. This one will begin on Friday August 21st and uh span that entire weekend. Um and previously we saw ketchup versus mayo a few weeks ago and which was the original Spl- Splatoon 2 Splatfest.
0: Um, and uh, just uh, so so we under- understand uh, what we're talking about here. Um, last time in 2018, um, chicken won two to one over egg. Um, it uh, it was the lower popularity, but at higher solo wins and higher team wins, um, which means more people picked the correct answer. Which of course is egg, because Mark, the implied question here is uh, what came first the chicken or the egg, right? We can agree that that's what the, the, the implied question of chicken versus egg. And obviously, if you wanna be on the right side of science and therefore the right side of history, the egg comes first. A, a bird, very much like a chicken, but not yet biologically a chicken, did not have the DNA of a chicken or the bird that we recognize as chicken, uh, laid an egg and in that egg was a mutation that created what we now know as chicken. So the chicken egg predates the chicken. Were we on the right side of history? I was trying to find
1: um the show notes from our episode with a uh, friend of the show, Casey Gullickson, where we went through all of the Splatfests and definitively determined who the correct winner is, what the correct answer is for each of the Splatfests. And I can't remember what we came down on um for Chicken versus Egg.
0: Yeah, that's tough. Uh, and I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not going to be able to find that either, especially uh, <laughs> on, on the spot. I... I I, this feels like a rant I've been on before. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, it's, uh, I I'm, I'm get, look, I'm guessing that we were on the right side of science and on the right side of history. Uh, and I'm just asking our audience to do the same. Don't screw it up. Uh, be on team egg and let's, let's win a little bit for team egg. Also, this doesn't happen until, uh, August 21st. So you got some time to recruit people and educate them, about biology.
1: <laughs> yeah, but like also get him to register to vote while you're doing that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, yes. Um, and fill out the census. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, and finally, this is exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Mario World is adding a new doctor in honor of the series' 30th anniversary, which was yesterday, July 26th. Um, And they're adding 8-bit Dr. Mario, Uh, which two things. One, I got to admit in the illustration that they provide of him, he looks... Weird to me, that does not look like Dr. Mario as I remember him, but two, that means that we have to add him to our ranking of uh, the definitively the definitive best Dr. Mario doctors.
0: Right, uh, and if you don't know what we're talking about, we ranked all of the uh, doctors from Dr. Mario World in a previous episode. Uh, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. I was just reflecting on our top three doctors today, and I'm not going to give them away unless this... Eight uh, bit Doctor Mario ends up uh, cl- <laughs> climbing that high up, uh, but you really do owe it to yourself to go back and listen to us litigate that for like an hour and a half, because um, it it is great content. We were doing good <laughs> work then, Mark. Uh,
1: before we get into the ranking, I just want to point out that the Doctor will not be uh, will only be available until um, August thirtieth. So you have to log in between now and August 30th in order to claim him.
0: Mm, uh, so he's, he's a limited... That's something to keep in mind. He is a limited release item. Um, and may, maybe you don't recognize him because it's the, like, when he's looking straight down the barrel of the camera, right? It's not, it's not him, like, from the side holding up a, a pill. It's it's a weird stance that, like, maybe he does after he defeats the all, all the viruses. Yeah, that's a
1: great point, actually. We don't really see... 8-bit or really 16-bit mario for that matter like straight like looking at you dead you know like at the camera Yeah, it's like when so maybe i'm just like exactly so maybe i'm just uncomfortable with the realities of dr mario's body and that's my baggage not his uh
0: okay so the the way we approached ranking the doctors in dr mario uh world was that we assigned them a tier of uh A through F uh, basically grades and then sorted them within those grades. Um, uh, The type of characters that fall in the F category are the fire variants. So like Dr. Fire Mario, Dr. Fire Luigi, Dr. Fire Peach. Um, And then uh, like the Dr. Koopa Troopa, we thought, you know, that's an F category. Uh, Dr. Kamek, because he's a swindler. Um, Those are, those are F category. And the D category is mostly the babies. Um, I feel like it's, I feel like eight bit is better, at least better than uh, D. Oh yeah, totally. I completely agree. Um, so where 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 would you put this thing? Because uh, actually, our tiers start to get a little bit uh integrated here, um, almost immediately as we get out of D. Well, okay, so we
1: have Doctor Mario as presented in his like um like three D model at number nine. Yes, and um. I, my initial gut instinct was putting him around that same area. Like, I think I'd like the idea of 8-Bit Dr. Mario. More than I uh, like, just fully realized Doctor Mario.
0: Yeah, well, because in truth, part of the reason that fully realized three D Doctor Mario gets his position there is that he is a legacy character, right? He he starts right. the franchise, but now that we have a separate eight bit Doctor Mario, like I I feel like he may be just straight up dethroned here.
1: Um, do you? Th- oh yeah, maybe it's just like a swap. Yeah. And, well, then we do we have to figure
0: out where like 3D Dr. Mario goes? Yeah, I think we do. I I think we then have to figure out where uh, 3D Dr. Mario goes. Uh, So I I think we are now deciding that uh, number nine in our list is going to be Dr. 8-Bit Mario. Um, That means he goes in between Dr. Ludwig and Dr. Roy. (laughs) But the new question, where does vanilla Dr. Mario go? Mark, do you have any initial thoughts here?
1: Well... Uh, I'm looking at the list, and it's possible he goes fairly low, because in my mind, it's like, well, Dr. Luigi's new unique, Dr. Toadette's unique, Dr. Yoshi is unique. You know, like, all of these characters are more unique than—so
0: um, maybe under Dr. Dolphin? Uh, yes, I would say that uh, the uh, 3D fully realized um, Dr. Mario goes— um, under dr dolphin and above dr wendy um those are the new rankings he is number 15 um and we will continue to update this list uh as we are introduced to new doctors um all right perfect um mark that's gonna do it for the news let's close this out And that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, you should share it on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you share things uh, in this world. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MK Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. You can get a hold of us on all of those platforms. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by ApeyBetty. You can get more of his music by going to ApeyBetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying eggs over chicken. And thank you for listening. Rachel, Oscar. Yeah, yeah Claire? Claire? Do you love Disney movies? Uh-huh. Have you seen them all? Not, Not all, all of them. What do you guys think if we watch them all in chronological order and then talk about them?
1: Ooh. Oh, and what if we could talk about it with some of our favorite friends?
0: <gasps> I love that. Yeah. what if we do it inside the Disney Vault? You know, that's the name of our podcast, Inside the Disney Vault on Campfire Media. Yeah. Check us out on Apple Podcasts
1: or wherever you listen to yours. That's Inside the Disney Vault. Let's go. Woo! Campfire.